Hello, everyone. Welcome to another absolutely awesome episode of Mindset to Mastery, the podcast where we give you tools, tips, and strategies to change your mindset to master your success. I'm your host, Keisha A. Rivers, President and Chief Outcome Facilitator of the CARS Group, where we facilitate outcomes by equipping people to embrace and manage change. And in this vastly changing world that we are a part of right now, this is being recorded, of course, during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, I'm bringing you things that you can apply directly to this changing situation, but also things that you can think about and start shifting long-term. And so I really wanted to um, talk about, last time we talked about um, building community in a remote, remote environment. Um, people have been talking about how do we build teams. Um, we're gonna have a future episode on resiliency. But before you start thinking about how you wanna shift things with the people you have now, Sometimes you may need to go back and figure out how you need to build the right people so that you can navigate any type of shifts that come your way. So my guest today, Devon, who is like my new homie. What's up, dude? <laughs> What's up? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> um, he has a, um, a great concept and a, and a great company where his focus is on recruitment and, um, and, and a different way of doing HR and recruitment and hiring. So I wanted to bring him on so that we could talk about his journey, how he got to where he is now, um, some things that may be able to assist you in rethinking how you're looking at hiring for your teams um, and for your organizations. And then as we do all the time, we'll, we'll have a couple of um, actionable items and things for you to think about that will help you kind of shift your thinking. So welcome, Devon. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you, Keisha, for inviting me to this wonderful podcast. And uh, and uh, it's very actually very nice to be in the podcast and, uh, you know, nice to be part of your company on a Friday evening. And, uh, you know, looking to, you know, share all my knowledge and my inspiration and uh, my journey with all the listeners. Well, great. Well, the, the key thing is, and it's been interesting because I've had several, I think just like pretty much majority of my guests that I've, I've had on have been people I've connected to via social media, either LinkedIn or Twitter. Um, and, or, you know, there was a, a virtual event we were a part of and, and, you know, we got on, we got on a separate call and connected and you and I did the same thing. We started yeah. having these conversations via inbox and, mm -hmm. and, and, and it's really awesome when you can create an atmosphere where people feel comfortable enough to show up authentically and to be able to connect. So you're working with your team where you're the only one in the US and they're all overseas. So how did you go about looking at, you know, how you were recruiting and how you were bringing people on board? Are you using the same method that your company is espousing? No, oh, absolutely. I think, you know, we have to eat the dog food. This is one of the uh, core principles I follow and also make sure the persons or the people that I engage with follow as well. I start with trust. I think trust is something um, I'm very strong about. Um, you know, before I hire a person, I just have to believe them. Mm -hmm. Yes, there are some skill tests. There are several opportunities and ways to assess a person, but it starts with fundamental trust. We are all humans. Uh, if you're going to keep checking with each other, how much we trust each other, it, it's going to be a big challenge. But I start with trust. As an example, I recently hired uh, a beautiful, uh, you, know, you know, skilled, you know, graphic designer. He's in Ecuador. And I was just amazed by the talent, you know, amazed by the work he does. I just had to trust him. And I had to work with him uh, to figure out uh, some of the designs. Uh, and the product was just amazing. 
and and uh, and I think I, that has always worked. And not that I've been here, you know, you know, from from this from the start, but I've been through my challenges working on different approaches. Mm-hmm. Um, my journey started 20 years ago, you know, in IT IT industry. I've you know grown up the ranks, and I've had a lot of you know setbacks. And I had to do you know everything that's possible to learn from this experience. And I think um, I'm using my experience uh, in this journey at this point, you know, in my team, and also something that I want to preach uh, and also show by action to other teams to follow as well. You know, one thing that you mentioned about trust—you have to trust the people um, and trust their talent and everything. The current model of HR and recruitment is we look at a resume, which is one to two pages, kind of bullet point summary of everything you've done. Um, based on the resume or, you know, whatever questions are asked, then we say, "Mm, we may or may not be interested in talking to you. Then we have a little conversation with the recruiter or or first touch point. And then, you know, you kind of go through these phases of having these short, really um, surface level conversations with people before you get to the point of being offered something. You just described a completely different process where you met this person, you talked to them, you saw their body of work, and you started developing that connection and that trust in what they can do. So is it any wonder why we're having some issues with with HR recruitment and retention if we're basing long-term decisions on really shallow pictures of, you know, little snapshots of who people are? So how does what you do change that or how does your approach kind of address that i think i focus on choosing rather than rejecting i think our philosophies of hiring has predominantly you know you know borrowed from the education system and i think we have you know the 500 or 1000 year old education system that has migrated into our hiring process where we follow the same method right there is only 20 number of seats in a college and you know based on 1000 applications now we have to reject everyone else to get the 20 mm. it should rather be a choice right how can we choose the 20 you know how can it be a positive outcome based on core beliefs and based on the work they have done rather than rejecting the remaining you know you know 980 so mm. i think that is the approach and i think you know also the example uh, if you are here in New York City, 100 years ago and goes to Times Square, Times Square would have been completely different, right? You wouldn't have had all the lights. Mm-hmm. Uh, you wouldn't have had, the experience would have been completely different. So if you go to back to the future and someone came from the past into Times Square, they would be wowed by the experience. But hiring as such just remains the same. 100 years back, you know, you had the same interview process, assessment process. Even now, we just follow the same thing. And I think we have to change how we operate, and especially in this social environment, in this work of remote environment. And I think COVID uh, is forcing us with some decisions. You know, I, I joined this call with a wig earlier just to, you know, prove some of the points of how people can interpret, can, can assess people quickly based on how they look. And that has been very predominant in a face-to-face interaction. Now you can't have a face-to-face interaction. Everyone's face is covered. You just okay. can't see their eyes, right? right? And and also in a video interaction, you don't really care how you know what what the person is, how old they are, how they look. You know, you are fine to go without video. In fact, you're just ready to listen to the voice. So sometimes the situation has changed our interaction and how we how we want to do a typical business. Mm-hmm. And and I think we have to evolve. We have to transform ourselves. Sometimes situation forces. 
or the other way, you know, we have to change our muscle, muscle movement and muscle reaction to things. And I think this is a time for us to look at a different way of hiring, different way of onboarding people into our teams. Yeah. And I, I, I so agree with the fact that we have to make these changes. And I love how you talk about it's situational because what's going on right now is different from what's going to be going on two years from now. And, and our organizations need to start being a little bit more flexible and a little bit more dynamic. We expect everybody that works for us to be flexible. We expect them to adapt readily to changes that we you know, decide, oh, well, we're gonna pivot and we're gonna do this now instead of that. But how many times does the organization look at itself and say, you know what? Maybe the way that we did this for the last 10, 15 years is no longer going to serve what our people need to be successful. And I like what you said about focusing on choosing the people that you need and want as opposed to rejecting or weeding out. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people and they talk about, yeah, we got to, you know, hire for a new position. So, you know, we're going to go ahead and cut out, you know, 50% of the applicants or 75% of the applicants. And it's like, why are you going through that? Because now that puts you in a different mindset. You're not looking at how you can bring people on board and create something where everybody can be a part of this you're approaching this as how do I get rid of people? And I think that, that ends up filtering down into the way we treat people once they're actually on board. So with your process, are you looking at just the, you know, initial advertising recruitment process? Let's talk to them about it. And then once they've gotten the offer and accepted that, how far, how much time do you look at as being the actual onboarding process? So, so I, I look at the whole model uh, and compare it with a regular um, sort of experiences in life. 50 years back, we were courting people from getting married, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you had courtship, um, you know, uh, and, and if you still go to some countries, you know, you still have arranged marriages, right? I would call it the typical hiring process, right? You know, you pick up two people, your manager says, I'm getting this person. You're just paired with the other person and we have to deliver. Uh, and then we have this process of picking out different people. And that still happens, you know, me coming from India, you know, you have several pictures of the bride of the bridegroom being shared between the two parties. You know, the families do all the discussion. It's like similar interview process. Mm-hmm. And then finally choose a bride of bridegroom and then the marriage happens. But now we are in an environment where dating is completely different, right? Uh, there's live-in. You live in with someone else to experience how it is before they make a decision of commitment of you know, marriage. So things have evolved. And I think that sort of flexibility has to happen in a work environment as well, because we spend one third of our life at work. You know, we, you know, we spend another third sleeping. And in fact, we spend one half of our life, you know, in a typical day, because by the time we get up, by the time we come back home, it takes majority of your day to do everything that we want. And it's all related to work. So when we want to do it, why not have the opportunity to trust the other person, spend time with them and take that as on a base, purely based on trust. So I think my onboarding process, which is what I'm thinking of, of implementing. And in fact, you know, some of the people are doing this in London is shadowing process. Mm. Um, why can't we have people do a try and buy? Why can't we have people that we are not sure about shadow your organization, come into your organization, work for a week and let's agree after a week, whether this really worked out for them. Are they really happy with the environment? Are they happy with, you know, even with the candidate who's brought in? And there are possibilities and there are options to do it. And in fact, for me to push some potential candidates who have all the potential, but not the credential, 
why not take that approach have them come and perform the organization for a week so onboarding as such you know there is a technical process of onboarding a person starting with creating an id doing a background check i think the maturity of it defines uh, depends on the maturity of the organization but onboarding a person into a culture where culture has to transform i've had you know i've heard great stories about how people felt when they joined i've had other worse stories you know of people not even being onboarded after a month not onboarding in the sense not being accustomed to the culture people not being friendly so i think uh, my approach is if you are to onboard someone you know you know just get used to them right try to have them come and live with you for a couple of days as visitors you know see how you're getting used to them right you know it has to be a treatment on both sides and then see you know if this is someone who's going to stay in your house forever right mm-hmm. i think that is what we need to approach you know understand and see how a human behaviors are outside of work and try to see if we can extend that into the work environment as well uh, is something that i am I'm, i'm a good proponent of and something that i wanted to engage and experiment as well you know in my journey in zephyr so and, you, and so in it's a good segue because i wanted to talk a little bit about your company and sure. so um you know you're the founder zephyr zephyr.com of course i'll have all the contact information on my website for how people can find you and you describe your mission as making hiring fast and fair and different parties come to the hiring process with different motives you know the person who's looking for the job wants to find something that they can you know be in for the long term something that's going to fulfill them that's going to pay well give them what they need as far as that environment they have a need they need filled the company is looking for the best person to fill a need they have and you know sometimes they're like hey we got to get somebody in yesterday sometimes there's more cost involved so each party has a different uh they have a different priority in terms of what's most important if you're in the middle in terms of playing that matchmaking how do you make sure that the process is fast and fair for both sides got it and i think i i'll have to explain my position in this whole argument before i explain what the solution is um i have zero experience as a recruiter i'm not a recruiter at all i've not had any agency experience before but i've lived through the journey as a job seeker and a hiring manager for life you know i started as a job seeker i struggled to get my first job after my mba 6 months i was unemployed uh, then i had to use a network you know so 6 months thinking about coming out of mba and being you know without a job living with parents for 6 months <laughs> and then how much pressure you would be in uh, in your 10 20s not earning money so i've been through the journey which is what the journey of many you know youth in this country in any country they are underemployed you know uh, people are doing voluntary work they are not able to get suitable jobs they are coming out of um, their graduation school you know with, without the right skill the employees on the other hand are complaining people are not skilled to the job so there is a mismatch it's not a recruiting mismatch there is a supply and demand mismatch mm. um i was browsing the linkedin last week and i found 4 million jobs that was on linkedin and think about how many jobs are in indeed monster and all these different sites so there are enough jobs are there the right jobs are there really the jobs is another question because data quality certainly needs to be challenged on the other side we have job seekers who are unemployed we have 14% unemployment at this point in us even more in other countries so there is there is stock and inventory there is demand on the other side but the problem is how they get matched and i have seen this in my life also you know you know through my job seeker experience i'm so so suitable for the job i apply for the job and cricket cricket 
nothing happens mm. on the other side i am the hiring manager i'm waiting and waiting and i finally have to choose someone who's not my happiest fit but i have to choose because time is running out so i think you know in between is the matchmakers the brokers or people who are trying to make these two parties meet and they have been trying a great job for the past years using the system that is available to do it so we are being we have been using the pony express for years right the pony express that continues to operate we've been changing the horses we've been feeding the horses new formula to make it run fast but it's unfortunately still the pony express and the people who are now getting in are gen z's and millennials trying to say hey can we run this you know pony express faster because i just zoomed in in my education system through ipad and now i have to sit in a pony express filling in all these forms mm-hmm. and i don't i don't know how to progress this so i don't think the people are the problem it's a process and the infrastructure that we have in the problem elon musk talking about the hyperloop i think we need the hyperloop for recruiting and that's what i'm trying to build so my philosophy is how we show talent has changed completely in an entertainment industry you know justin bieber got famous with youtube you know we have several other famous talent coming out of american idol america's got talent mm-hmm. why are we struggling in corporate world right why are we still using the old process not using the rich media to connect people so that's exactly what i did and it is my response to our burdens of the past to give a solution for the future that's what i look at zephyr and for me zephyr is you know it's giving back to humanity you know uh, the experiences and the the opportunities i've had and 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 try to see how can i expose people through a unique and a different way to have people the fair opportunity based on the potential not necessarily based on the credential mm-hmm. uh, so so to to summarize i'm building a marketplace or a platform you know which is like a bullet train next to the pony express where people can choose you your choice is yours you can still continue to use the pony express you can use the ponies being comfortable with use the bandaids you know mm-hmm. feed the horses feed the ponies in the night or you take the hyperloop for hiring right and something that is fair to both parties involved i'm not representing one party i'm representing all the parties you know i'm being bipartisan to say hey i've been a hiring manager i've struggled to look at 1000 resumes at that time i've been the job seeker applying for 1000 companies here are the two good matches how do we match these people mm-hmm. all using technology all using common sense all using humanity right not giving it to the artificial intelligence to say ai is going to choose now i'm not using ai i'm using the right lot weighted logic to use combine combine people together and and i think it's it's a combination of humanity and technology i'm using to build the future for hiring and that's that's my response right it's not mm-hmm. i'm not reacting to a problem i think i'm using all my experience and i've been spending the past two years building a transformational solution that will change how our future generation and our current generation can secure jobs and secure talent in a complicated and a more diverse environment Now this is the thing that of course every time we talk about change and we talk about the fact that you know things need to shift the way that you look at this issue and the pain points from both sides as a recruiting manager and as someone who's been a job seeker to you it seems obvious that hey there's an issue there's something not working to other people who are used to the pony express and they don't want to get on the fast loop because i don't know about the speed train i'm i'm afraid of that i don't know how that works but i know how this works what do you say to them when 
you're presenting this model and saying you're having a hard time finding people and you're saying to the people that's looking for a job, you're having a hard time finding a place. What do you say to the ones that are still kind of on the fence and saying, well, I kind of want to stick with my Pony Express because I think that's too fast or I don't know about that. What do you tell them when, when they're, they're kind of resistant to making that shift? Um, I think that will be, you know, the set of people that I've, I've met. Um, you know, I've had these pitches with uh, several people during my, you know, tenure this year, you know, you know when I had a pitch with Zephyr. Uh, I've, the people have been very receptive. You know, a lot of people are like, when is it going to be ready? Right? I, mm-hmm. Because I can't wait for this to be launched. Both the job seekers and employers, um, you know, who are interested. And there have been say, many people, you know, not many, very few who had said, hey, I don't think we are ready for it yet. And this was all post or pre-COVID. Mm. Now they're all, you know, and these were the people, I'll tell you the reasons why they said no. They were saying, oh, our systems are too old. I think our people are a little more you know, on the senior side, you know, I don't think they'll get used to technology. I don't think they would like to put themselves in front of a camera. I don't think um, they'll be comfortable to see videos. I don't think uh, they are comfortable to sit in front of a computer and work long days. I don't think um, they would want to review candidates from home. Post-COVID or current in COVID, (laughs) they're all in front of computers. They Mm -hmm. have to work. Otherwise, they're irrelevant. They'll lose their jobs. Right. Right. They will lose their business. So, as much as I hate the current experience with coronavirus, you know, as much as I uh, do not like the misery and the challenges humanity is going through, it is a wake-up call for people who haven't done the digital transformation. Mm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a response to people right now. Whenever I have a discussion about Zafaya and what I'm building, they're like, they don't even ask me excuse or the reasons. Right. They're like, okay, when is it ready? Right? Because this is the future. Right. And the future is not working from home and using technology. The future is using technology to a benefit. Right. Um, I, I have my mom who was struggling with VCR machines when I was in India 20 years back. She didn't know how to switch on the video VCR to play movies. I had to do it for her. My dad had the same struggle. My mom now watches TV through a phone. Right. <laughs> right? So I, I think Uber has, you know, changed, transformed hiring. I mean, um, I mean, uh, hiring a taxi, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, Amazon has transformed how you buy products. Mm-hmm. Netflix has transformed how you rent movies. Nothing has transformed or disrupted hiring. We just follow the same thing because there's no solution available. And most of the solution have been built as, as the extended solution for a current problem, a texting mechanism, a video mm-hmm. mechanism. But, but there's no one single Amazon of talent. There's no one single solution of YouTube or videos. There's no single solution of on-demand talent, on-demand jobs. There's no solution of hiring like Uber. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm trying to build. So either you become part of it to become relevant or you wait, be relevant and then join the force. So I think, you know, may the force be with you is, <laughs> is, is, is what, what I, would, I would preach to them. And I think, you know, people will still have choices to go to uh, Best Buy to buy electronics mm-hmm. or you go and buy Amazon. So the experience is what is going to make a difference. Um, going and buying in Best Buy is going to take its time. It's going to give you a different experience of meeting salespeople, mm-hmm. looking at the product, or you go to amazon.com and, and look at every product, look at the videos and make a decision comes to your home, you try or buy and return it back or you keep the product, right? Mm-hmm. The choice is yours and people will slowly adopt or, you know, will stay in the respective experiences that they choose from. But I'm the guy who will go to Best Buy, look at the product and then come to Amazon and buy a deal. 
<laughs> so, so, you know, and I think, you know, I love both. I love the experience of going to Best Buy, you know, seeing this physically and imagining how this will be. And then I'll go and, you know, find the best deals on the internet. Right. right? right. So it's the choice is yours. <laughs> and, and I love that you use, you use both. I'm, I'm the same way. I'll, I'll, depending on the mood and depending on what it is, Mm-hmm. That determines, it's situational. So it yes. determines exactly what I think is best for me at that moment. There are some things I go on my phone, put it in the shopping cart, boom, I want to hear other things. I need to go try it on. I need to go touch it and all that kind of stuff and then figure out the best place to get it. Absolutely. And I, remote work as an example, and probably offshore work, mm-hmm. you can't go to India to hire a person, right? right. Um, so this, my solution is we'll have to find a person in India and see them in 30 seconds like America's Got Talent mm-hmm. and make a decision. Right. Compared to you scheduling a call, trying to fly there, uh, even for remote, you know, you know, carrier, uh, you know, all the carrier fairs or remote recruiting in America. You had to go different cities. You had to go mm-hmm. different states. How about sitting in your phone and figuring out who they are? Mm-hmm. Make a make a decision fast. Don't waste their time, you know, asking them to come make a decision in one minute yeah. and tell them the answer. Right. Mm-hmm. I think the problem we have is we wait a lot of time, a lot of different occasions for answers. Mm. We are comfortable with any answer, but we get upset because we're waiting in a phone line with customer service for minutes, for hours to get a response. If they had given you a response in two seconds, you know what, you know, we can't refund you. You would have made the next decision. They tell you after one hour that he can't refund you. (laughs) And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a journey that makes a difference, Mm. not the outcome. I I love how you talk about the journey and, and the whole thing about giving, giving somebody an answer. Um, the one thing that I keep hearing over and over again from my friends who have been job seeking and, you know, and I went through, um, you know, every so often I get recruited for jobs and I, I kind of go through the process just to see how, you know, what's out there and test the waters. And I went from, in, in one instance, I was recruited very heavily and they were saying, Hey, we think you're perfect for this. We're, you know, we're trying to move like yesterday cause we'd need somebody immediately. Well, their definition of immediate was four months mm-hmm. of back and forth and, oh, we need you to talk to this person and then talk to this person and then, you know, talk here and then, oh, can we have you fly out? And, and it's like, you know, can you just tell me already? Why do we have to go back and forth with that? Mm-hmm. So I, I love that there's this thing of transparency and honesty and immediacy because, of course, we don't like to wait for anything, um, but it gives you an opportunity to make a decision in terms of what's next. Absolutely. So speaking of what's next, so what's next for you with Zephyr? I know everybody's asking you, when will it be ready? So where were you guys with the process and um, are you, where are you right now with this and, and how can people get in touch with you? Sure. Uh, you know, a lot of people have told me all the time, Devon, you know, you, you always choose complicated problems to solve. Um, and uh, this is a complicated problem, but I think for me, the solution is very simple. Um, so I've been working on this for almost for two years at this point. Um, I was supposed to do a pilot this month in May uh, with the COVID. You know, uh, I think the clients who want to do pilot are, you know, in a different situation compared to where they were in March. Uh, my launch date um, was at the Olympics. You know, Olympics was very close to me. That's a, that's a event where the whole, whole world comes together for fairness, mm-hmm. to have fair competition. So my launch date was the Olympics in August 2020, uh, along with my mother's birthday. Um, I'm not changing the launch date. Okay. <laughs> Olympics moved. I'm not moving it because uh, for me, this needs to come to help humanity. This needs to come to all those unemployed who are trying to get opportunities, trying to get uh, food on the table, trying to see 
is there a better way to get a better answer? Um, so I'm still going with the launch. Uh, I think I, I still have a complicated problem to address, uh, but the next three months is going to be the critical month for me to launch. Um, I would want to launch first in the tri-state area to start with, then slowly expand to other countries. Um, um, being in IT, I'm focusing on IT because I know the industry, but I've had requests from several industries, retail as an example. I, was a, I had a person from Germany calling me and said, Devan, why are you not, not launching in Germany? Mm-hmm. I have a person in Spain saying, hey, if we want in Spain, we want diversity here, and the blind hiring technology can be of big use with you know, all the challenges that men are facing, women are facing. Uh, however, I have to crawl before I walk and run, and uh, my, my ground is going to be my hometown and trying to see how people will use it and slowly expand to other areas. So that's my launch date at this point. Um, but I've given it to um, God's hands to guide me at this point, um, you know, in, in spite of all the challenges that we see with coronavirus and uh, see how I can hit the date. And that's my launch date at this time. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for this conversation and for joining me and, and sharing your insights and your journey. I have truly appreciated. Um, I think that you're giving people a lot to think about um, as far as how they think about their, their, their process of choosing people that are going to be on their team as opposed to discarding or rejecting um, people, candidates that are not suitable, and just different ways of thinking about how we're, we're, we're navigating this whole courtship. Um, yes. Because, you know, people talk about, you know, work husbands and work wives. And it's like, yeah, I spend most of my time with you. So um, you do need to choose carefully. Um, and I think that the conversation we've had today has kind of given people a different way of, of kind of considering how they choose who comes on board with their teams. So thank you so much for agreeing to join me. I appreciate you coming on board. And uh, I, I'll probably end up, I should have had you you know, keep that wig on so that we can have, <laughs> have this video going on with uh, that. I see, that. That wig is very important to what I'm doing because the blind hiring technology I'm implementing is based on it, based on disguise. Mm. Um, you know, so I'm going to launch and uh, communicate more when it gets ready. But the philosophy is, you know, you don't have to, you know, really focus on how you look, how old you are, where you're from, just focus on our minds, right? We have to be connected in our minds and thoughts and souls. And, and for me, uh, work is family, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if my son doesn't agree with me, I don't check him out of the house, right? right? I don't fire him, right? <laughs> and, and I think we have that freedom in work, mm-hmm. but, but they're all humans. You're checking the whole family. You're checking a whole relationship. Right. And I've had, you know, challenges in my work environment, laying off people, being laid off. And it's not a good environment to be on both sides. Mm. And I think we need to come to a conclusion. Hey, you know, son, I don't have money. How about having lunch or, you know, three, food twice a day instead of three times a day? Right. Rather than saying, hey, you go and live in someone's house. Right. So I think we need to look at work differently. We need to be, we need to show humanity and we need to be more humane. Uh, I think that's my, that's my pitch. And that's what Zafai is all about. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me and for dropping some really cool nuggets. Um, As always, when you listen to the Mindset to Mastery podcast, I encourage people to take notes. Um, You can find um, this episode as well as other episodes of my podcast on Apple and Google and Spotify and Spreaker and Stritcher and a whole lot of other places. So just go to my website at carsgroup.com. That's K-A-R-S group.com. Click on the podcast link and you can find all of the episodes as well as um, highlights of the interviews and takeaways and contact information for all of my guests. So without further ado, thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you, Devon, for joining me. I have had a great conversation as usual with you. 
Um, I am your host, Keisha A. Rivers, President and Chief Outcome Facilitator of the CARS Group, where we facilitate outcomes by equipping people to embrace and manage change. And look out for my uh, my new book that is going to be launched in uh, July, on July 4th. It is called Equipped for Change, the Intersection of Learning, Leading, uh, Engagement, Learning, and Leadership. And it will give you the tools that you need to be able to move yourself and your organization forward to create the success that you deserve and desire. Until next time, everyone, be safe, be sane, and be sanitized. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>